Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I want to just, uh, I want to do something here for just a minute if we can before we get on with the day, and that is we want to celebrate um, just all women in this room, and, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to read something here in a minute that we do every year. In, um, in, in ministry, I've been in ministry for about 18 years, and there's a lot, and, and I get this, there's a lot of women who avoid Mother's Day, come to church on Mother's Day like the plague. And they avoid it because of hurts and wounds and, you know, maybe opportunities where they had desired to be a mother just never was for them. You're going to hear some of those testimonies today. Uh, But I just want to say that Mother's Day is so much more than about physically birthing a baby. Amen? I want to say that Mother's Day is about the value that God has placed in every woman's heart in this room. Every woman in this room, God has placed an infinite value that you are a life bringer. Whether you've ever had a child or you haven't had a child, I want you to know that we believe with all of our hearts that God has placed a value in you, women, all women, that you are life bringers. And so we want you to hear that today. Amen? And so to say that, um, and I read something like this every year because I think it's important, and, and I'm going to read it again, and, and because I, I want this to resonate with every woman's heart in this room, that Mother's Day, biblically speaking, is so much bigger than just about having a baby. And so we say this to those who've given birth this year to their first child, we, we are excited for you and we celebrate with you. Uh, to those who are in the trenches with little ones every day, um, God bless you, Amen. And we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, running away, or maybe you've had a child that's passed away, um, you're not alone. We mourn with you in that, and we know that's a difficult part of life. This one's tough. To those who walk the hard path of infertility with tears and disappointments, um, listen to our heart when we say this. You are not alone. Amen? Man, God finds infinite value in you regardless So please hear that today, ladies. Um, To those um, who have a warm and close relationship with their children, we celebrate with you. To those who've had heartache and distance with your children, you're loved, and I know that's a difficult one. To those who step-parent, we know that's not easy either, amen? And we walk with you in those complex paths that you have to take. And to those who have uh, had their nest emptied, especially with graduation happening, um, some of you are rejoicing and doing your happy dance, and some of you are grieving a little bit in that, and so we're with you in that as well. Um, to those who've placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selfless act in that, amen? Because the world would tell you to do so many other things, and we thank you that you value life in that. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. And finally, and really important in this one, to those who foster, our foster moms, to those who are mentor moms, maybe you've never had a child, but you mentor, to those who are spiritual moms, we absolutely need more of you. Amen? And so to all of you women, if you would just stand up, if you're a woman in this room, stand up if you would. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stand up in this room. Can we give them a hand? Stay standing, stay standing. Ladies, you have so much value. 
God has put so many of his amazing attributes in you that a man will just never have. And so we just want to pray over you that God uses you in tremendous ways. And so, fellas, if you're around a lady, um, you can kind of extend a hand out or whatever. Let's just pray over all of the women in this room that they would know their identity in Jesus Christ, that they were made for something beautiful. Amen? Let's pray that. Father God, this morning we thank you for Mother's Day and that it's a celebration, God, of all women. It's a celebration, God, of the life-giving attributes that you've placed in their life. And so this morning, Jesus, we place a covering on all of these women in this room. We ask God that when the enemy tries to come in and still kill and destroy their identity and their value, that God, they speak the truth over that lie. And that truth is that they are valued and highly favored, Father. And so we pray that over all of these women today. God, for any hurts and wounds over life and, and things that they've gone through, Lord God, we pray that you would come and fill those gaps in there with your love, God, and your acceptance, Jesus, and your favor. And Lord, we just thank you for the way that you have placed women in this life, in this world, God, with the attributes that you have given them, Father, in the partnership that we have as men and women together, because Jesus, you have a destiny for every woman in this room. And so, God, we pray that every woman would live that destiny out in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. One more time, guys. Let's give them a hand. All right. Now, how many of you guys love you some Jesus today, too? Amen. It's, it's good to have you with us. If you're a visitor, welcome. We love having you guys with us today. Um, we call ourselves a family, so you're part of our family today. If you're regular, um, it's good to be with family. I love this time of the year. I love graduation. I love Mother's Day. I love spring because it's this kind of new life that's being birthed, right? This, this kind of season is all about kind of this new life being birthed. And I have to say that that's what to us Mother's Day is all about. It's the fact that women have this life-giving anointing that God has placed on their lives. And I'm not just talking life-giving anointing of that it's a physical thing. I'm talking that God has placed a spiritual anointing in your life, ladies, where you can speak life into people. Amen? And so it's time. It's time, whatever situation you've been in, it's time to receive that from the Lord, and it's time to begin to walk in that. Um, I've always said this every time Mother's Day rolls around. This is the most difficult time, and so here for me to preach a message because the last thing you want to listen to is a guy tell you how to be a good mom or tell you how to be a good woman, right? And so I'm going to back off here in just a few minutes, and I'm going to bring up three ladies that are really going to lay out in their heart just a heart-to-heart talk with you women today. Day, and I'm really excited about that. And the reason is, I just have to confess, I don't know much about women. Guys, can you resonate with me? Every man's hand should be up right now. <laughs> now. Okay, that's better. We just, look, we just don't fully understand women. And, and so because of that, Sometimes with that lack of understanding, there's a lot that we have to learn too. So there's not a man in here that can tune his ears out today when you're listening to these gals. We've got a lot to learn. And, and so I've got two daughters. I've got two sons. I understand my sons to the core. I grew up with all boys in our home. I've got brothers. That's it. There's a lot of testosterone. So that's what happened in my house. Well, God blessed me with two daughters. And let me just tell you, it is a confusing world in my home, all right? And, and, and so my daughters are teaching me a lot on day-to-day on, on what it looks like to, to, to be a, a woman in their life and, and women. And so they're teaching me a lot. And, and, and what I'm seeing is that, and I just want to make this clear, clarify this out there, that I'm seeing so many differences between my daughters and my sons, that, that God created men and women differently but equally, amen? 
He created, created men and women differently but equally, and then together we can accomplish his purposes. And this is the beautiful thing about, I'm learning about women, is that the, the, the attributes that my sons don't have, my, my daughters have, my sons can punch each other in the face and it's natural to them, all right? I've never seen my daughters punch each other in the face, all right? There's just, there's just a difference between them. How they respond and how they act in life, there's just a, a difference in them. I was sharing with First Service and uh, I was sharing a story how we can be driving down the road and we can see roadkill on the side of the road and something's been hit. And my daughter, Taylor, she's got such a sweet heart. She's compassionate. My daughter, Taylor, can be like, Daddy, will you stop and see if it's okay? And I'm like, baby, it's flat, honey. <laughs> like there's, I believe in resurrection, all right? But that thing is, it's flat, all right? That's not daddy's responsibility, and my son, so she's like, like almost tears and so compassionate for what she sees. My sons are opposite. They're like, Dad, can we stop and pick it up and put it in Grandpa's truck? It'll smell really bad, right? I'm like, you're demented. So on one side over here, my daughters have got this compassion, and it just comes natural to them. And on the other side, my sons are not compassionate, and it comes natural to them. And what I'm seeing here is this, and, and we, look, I know that some of you ladies are like, I am not compassionate and I'm not nurturing. So I know we're making some generalizations, but overall what we're saying is that God put something in your hearts, women, that, that he didn't put in men's hearts as much, amen? That, that he put something in your hearts, ladies, that would partner together, men and women partner together, and we would see the wholeness of God. And that's what's so beautiful to me about Mother's Day is that on Mother's Day, if we're going to do this biblically correct, we need to make sure that we're chasing the right thing and not the wrong thing. And what I mean by that is that if we took a poll around the room and if I said to you, what is motherhood, eventually somebody would give the answer of, it means that I had a child, right? If I said, what's motherhood, eventually somebody around the room would be, it means that I have uh, had a child. And what I want to say is that biblically there's a problem with that answer because it's not 100% correct. It's just not 100% correct, and I'll tell you what I mean by that real quickly. In Genesis 2, verse 18 through 23, um, God has uh, created man. He's put him in the garden, and then in verse 18, it says, The Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought him, them to the man and the, so to see what the man would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals, but look, but, everybody say but, but still there was no helper just right for him. So God, and God knows what he's doing, it's not like God was like, should I make a, like he knew the whole time, right? But God makes animals and birds, he's like, I, man needs a helper, and so he puts these animals and birds in front of man, and he's looking down, he's like, nope, still missing, something's still lacking, Something's just not still, still right here. And so then we pick up here. He says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall in a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he had brought her to the man. At last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. Now I think about this scripture. I think of all the amazing things that God created, all the amazing things that God created, yet the value of a woman could not go unnoticed, amen? 
God brings all of these animals and birds to the man and says, you need a helper. And he sees something. Look, there's still something incomplete in this. The value of a woman was not going unnoticed to either God or you and I. God saw something so much more valuable that he still needed to put with man. And I believe that what women carry within them that's so valuable is that you have a life-giving touch. Women, listen to this. You have a life-giving touch. Adam comes and he names his, the woman Eve, and, and, and the name Eve means life. Everybody say life. She was the mother of all the living. Genesis 3.20 says, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. The Hebrew word refers to that as Eve meant she would give life to all. Now let me tell you why this is so profound. Because Adam names her this and God gives that name to Eve before she ever had kids. Before there was ever a physical birth of Cain and Abel in her life and and then her kids after that. Before there was ever a physical birth, she was called the one who brings life. You see, ladies, today, whether you've had kids or never had kids, whether you want kids or never have the opportunity to have them, you are a life bringer in this place. It's important that you hear that. Because if Eve means life, I want you to hear this, then God gave the woman an ability not just to have babies, but to release life in ways that nothing else in creation could do. God created all these animals. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create all these animals. And Adam was still incomplete. If he didn't need a woman, he just simply would have named one of the animals Eve or life, and it would have fulfilled, but it wasn't there. Amen? God knew the attributes that woman needed to have to partner with man. And so we see this, and and, and I want you to read this last thing. I'm going to invite our ladies. You guys can come on up. Proverbs 31.8, when it's talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, what it looks like to be that Proverbs 31 woman, um, says this, and he's speaking to ladies. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Now, let me tell you why I love that scripture verse, because Lisa Bevere puts it in perspective, and she says this, ladies, when we speak, she's talking to you, ladies, when we speak, darkness trembles and hope returns to the formerly hopeless. When we rise from our complacency, ladies, for the sake of the destitute and the broken, they have a presence in the courts of life. You see, ladies, I believe this is what you're going to hear from three ladies today. Because in these three ladies, you're going to hear different stages of what that looks like, whether motherhood or, or that longing for that. And you're going to see where all of us, no matter where you're at, what stage you're in, all of us have the ability to bring forth life as women. Can you guys give them a hand today? Good morning. Thank you. It's Shorty over here. Okay. I'm Holly Miller. Um, I've been attending... Um, this church for about six years. Um, I am married to Lance Miller. We are going to be celebrating 11 years in August. So, woo-hoo. Um, thanks. We have a, two girls. We have a four-year-old named Emery and a two-year-old named Grayson. So um, this morning, I don't want the dudes to check out. Like, we see you. We're going to celebrate you in a month. So you're awesome. We'll, we'll see you next month. But um, I just want to encourage the women, all the women today, um, and I hope that me and the ladies are able to just encourage you and that you can take something out of what we say. 
Um, so, like Erin said, I know that Mother's Day can be a hard time. Um, my best friend growing up, she used to just completely, like, miss Mother's Day on Sundays because she hated the standing up. She hated the, just all that because she felt like she, because she couldn't have children, that she couldn't even be acknowledged. So, um, I know that that is a sensitive thing. So, we see you and we love you. And um, others, you know, you might have lost your mom um, or you felt an absence of a mother growing up or even right now. Um, I don't know everyone's story, but um, we love you, and I just hope that you can embrace what we have to say today. So, um, A mother is defined, like Aaron said, a nurturing, compassionate, love-driven person. So basically, that could be anyone who wants to accept those titles. As, mother, or as women, motherhood can be its own mission field, and no one is disqualified from serving. So what does that look like for you? Um, whether it be taking care of a sick family or friends, being available for that neighbor kid that literally you pull in your driveway and he's like staring out your window and you're like, oh my gosh, my neighbor kid. I mean, but maybe he wants a cookie. Maybe he wants to talk with you. Like just embracing that. Um, maybe it's making a meal for somebody, um, being there for a coworker or a friend that just needs, a, needs to, somebody to listen to and talk to. I think in my opinion, all of those things make up a mother. Um, as a little girl, I used to dream of being a wife and mom. I would set up all my baby dolls, teddy bears. Every, everyone had a name. They were silent, good children. I made this, like, extravagant, amazing meal, and my man would come home. Like, you know, I just played mom life. And so um, it was about a year ago. I was like, huh, that's just not how I remember it being when I was little. My kids were loud and crazy. My meals were, like, ooh, not good. Like, sometimes we had hot dogs, so it's okay. <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't drinking tea with my friends, like, you know, just stuff like that when I used to imagine that. Um, I was basically feeling like I was having my own pity party, and I was just really negative. Um, I was kind of on autopilot, like, when to come home, I'd be like, oh, hey, how was your day? Well, here's my day. And I was, I was just kind of negative, and it just, it wasn't a good balance. And um, I got really convicted. I was like, God, like, why am I not enjoying motherhood to the fullest? Why, um, I'm like, I'm not being a good servant. You've given me, these are your children, and I need to do this joyfully. Um, so I just prayed. I was like, Lord, what does it look like? Do I need to volunteer? Do I need to go back to work? I just need to have some interaction other than with toddlers. Like, it's just hard to explain. I just needed to talk to somebody and just feel like I was making a difference, even though I know I was making a difference. It was a, it was a little battle in my head. It was crazy. But so right away, um, I just one day saw my girls, they were playing, and I just had this overwhelming feeling like, it's like they don't even know what the world is going to bring them. Like, they are just innocent and sweet, and they just don't know what type of hardships that are going to come their way. And I just knew right away, I was like, you know what, I want to make a difference in somebody else's life right now. So I prayed about it and talked to Lance, and I decided to join our youth group. <laughs> so... Um, it was crazy. The first night I came home, and Lance was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, were you drinking, like, their Mountain Dew over there? Like, what is going on? I was like, that was so fun. Like, I was energized by these students. I was, like, they impacted me, and I just loved seeing their journey that they were on. They were, like, understanding what Jesus, who Jesus was and having a personal relationship with them, and that just, it was amazing. Um, they love my kids. They love, <laughs> side note, squirrel, here we go, side note. So we got this puppy, and I've been mothering this puppy, even though, like, my two-year-old, I just sleep trained her. Like, she's sleeping. It's wonderful. And now we have a puppy. <laughs> like, on Friday night, we were up, like, one, three, and five, letting him out to go potty. And I'm really, I know I'm, like, well, I'm, like, 32, 33, I don't know. 
I'm really scared of the dark. Like, I hate the dark time. And, like, I would go outside, and I knew somebody was going to, like, be right there just holding, like, an axe. And there was, like, June bugs flying everywhere. Like, it just, it's not my thing. And that dog, I mean, he's a puppy. He needs to be mothered. He needs to go potty. And, but anyway, so back then. Here we go. Um, the kids love my puppy. They were playing Duck Duck Goose with the, or, yeah, with the puppy outside this week. It was hilarious. But they love my kids. Most of them watch my kids. Thank you. Woo-woo. Awesome. Um, so yeah, there's my little plug on youth group. Like if you want to come to youth group, you need to come. Like if Lord's like, hey, you should do something. You should meet the youth group. Like just come on, come on. It's really fun. And we're going to middle school camp. Like I have no idea what that means. Like I, I don't know. You might need to pray for me. Like we'll see. But I'm excited. Like I'm excited to play with your kids and whatever. So, so yeah, that's my plug. I'll, I'm done plugging that up. So um, so yeah, but yeah, in youth group. So I can still name the leaders that really changed my life and literally like mothered me. And so I just hope that I can be that for them. I know that you, they have moms right now, but sometimes they ask me questions. I don't know if they're asking me that question, but it's good. So I'm going to be their mother right now. So, um, anyway, just looking at the bigger picture, I'm glad I answered the call to serve in the youth. Um, I actually am now also looking for opportunities where I can teach my girls to mother. Like if I'm making a meal and Emery's like, why aren't we eating that? And I'm like, well, it's for somebody else. And I just want them to understand that, you know, there's more to this and that we can mother all different areas, whether it's our puppy or baby birds or just different things like that. So, um, so yeah, just wrapping up, I just think we can all step back and look at our lives and see what new ways we can mother something or someone, um, whether it be the youth group, children's ministry, homeless ministry, Missions, mentoring, discipleship, small group ministry, I don't think it really matters. Um, If God is challenging your heart, I promise you that it is worth it. And if you look for an opportunity to bless his children, young or old, he has an overwhelming love for us. And I think we're the ones that he chooses to show love and encouragement to. So I just want to celebrate all the women out here today. And I just thank you for your love. Hello, Uh, my name is Caitlin, and I have been married two years to my awesome husband, and we have a one-year-old, so I'm very, very new at the mom thing. Um, I do not claim to have any, like, advanced knowledge at all. So um, I prayed and prayed and prayed about what God wanted me to share, and I really just felt like the Lord wanted me to share my personal testimony with what he taught me this last year which was a lot and more than I can do in five minutes, but I just want to highlight some stuff to you. So the phrase that God continues to speak to me is embrace the season that God has me in and not wish away the season that I'm in, even when it's hard and exhausting and I feel like I'm at the end of myself, that he is doing something and he is working in my life um, even when I can't see it or I feel like I don't feel him there. I know that God is faithful and he uses our small things that we have to offer to accomplish big things for his kingdom. And um, yeah, so our son Gabriel was not a good sleeper until like a month ago. He was up every hour, sometimes every 30 minutes, just would not nap. I remember like dreading bedtime because I knew I was going to be up in an hour and I just... I remember sitting in bed just bawling while my husband slept next to me, and um, I I was just like, God, I cannot do this anymore. I feel like I'm at the end of myself, and um, 
the Lord met me in that place of weakness, and he gave me that strength that I needed to continue going. And now our child sleeps through the night, takes amazing naps. I have to, like, check and make sure he's still breathing. Um, But he's awesome. And just the Lord showing me that, like, I really needed to be stripped of my love of sleep. And God just had to really refine me um, because when I don't get sleep, I am not the person that I want to be. I am not a very nice person. And um, God just really showed me that I needed to rely on him in my weakness. And, um, yeah, so I just, like, keep thinking of diamonds, how diamonds are made in high temperature and high pressure environments. And that is us in the Lord. We have to go through hard things in life in order to be made like him and that he has to strip us of our flesh and our desires, our wants. And it is a beautiful and messy process. Um, And you don't have to have children to go through hard times. Children are not the hard times. Children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. And the Lord has chosen you, whether they're your kids or not. He's placed them in your life to minister to them and to make disciples. Um, And so I really had to learn to view my son as a blessing and not a burden in my life. Because he's not a burden. He is a blessing. Um, the Lord also gave me Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as a mom, I have learned, I really didn't appreciate my mom until I became a mom. And now I'm like, mom, you're like superwoman. You're so amazing. And um, hopefully my kid will see that someday. But just As a mom, you constantly pour out yourself, and nobody is there to say thank you every time you change a diaper or do the dishes or laundry or get groceries. Those things are just expected of you because that's in the role of motherhood. And sometimes, a lot of the time, I just get exhausted. Like, I do not want to change another diaper. I need to teach him to just, like, change his own diaper. Um, I wish that was possible. But I guess it's called potty training, but that's going to be horrible when that day comes. Um... No, but I just want to encourage you that Jesus sees your sacrifices and he sees everything that you do and he is so pleased with you and he's saying thank you for loving my children. Thank you for serving them and showing them who I am even when you feel like you failed um, or you feel like you can't do it anymore. The Lord is faithful and he will meet you in that place of weakness. And so you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be that mom that you see on social media that looks like she has it all together and does all these Pinterest crafts and whatever, that is, that doesn't have to be you. The Lord will meet you where you're at. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you that the Lord does see you. And I just encourage the men in here to really honor the women that God has placed in your life, whether she has children of her own or not, um, to recognize the sacrifices that she is making, um, and to just lift her up and encourage her and tell her, thank you for doing the dishes. I've said this first service, but in our marriage, so when the husband does the dishes, it's like, did you see I did the dishes today? Like, it's this big glorious moment that he did the dishes and everyone must, like, praise him. Love you, babe. But, um, <laughs> but for me, like, I do them probably, like, five times a day. And it's just, like, sometimes you feel like you're constantly serving and nobody tells you thank you, or nobody recognizes that. But I just want you to know that we don't live for the approval of man. 
but we live for the approval of Jesus, and he does see those things. So, yeah, amen. I'm done. Hello, I'm Cindy Russell, and uh, me and my family have been coming to this church for about four months now, and uh, we really love it here. Um, happy Mother's Day, by the way, to all you women out there. Um, when Pastor Aaron called me to ask me if I'd give a testimony on Mother's Day, um, I was really nervous because um, I've never stood up in front of this many people before and talked about myself, um, especially something I'm really sensitive about um, and have struggled with for about 23 years. Um, but with the help from the Lord and my loving family, um, namely my husband, um, Jim, I've been able to get through it. And when I was younger, you know, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was always um, a mom and a housewife. And when I graduated high school, same question, same answer. You know, do you want to go to college? No, I want to be a mom and, and stay at home with my kids and, and be a housewife. I mean, I guess I should have been born in a different era because that's probably not the most positive answer that most people would give in my, at my age. Um, you know, I, di I didn't care that it wasn't cool or that I had no big dreams of being a lawyer or a powerful businesswoman. You know, I just wanted to be a mom. So when I got married, you can only imagine how excited I was, you know, to start a family. I would stand in front of the mirror and, you know, put a pillow under my shirt and think about what I'd look like and, and what it would feel like to have another human being growing inside of me. You know, a part of my husband and myself, and it would have my husband's smarts and love for music and my blue eyes and curly hair. It's one of God's true miracles. It's a true gift. But sadly, that day would never come for us. My husband had two children from his previous marriage that I fell in love with immediately. They lived with their mother and later moved in with us. I just couldn't wait for them to have a little sister or brother. I was a mother figure to the kids, sure. But, you know, anyone that's been in a divorce situation knows that, you know, you can't be too much of a mom to them and cross that line um, out of respect for the other parent. But at the same time, you want the kids to know how much you love them and, and you want to be a mother to them. I mean, it's a really hard situation to be in. After trying for years, I went to numerous doctors and then to an infertility specialist. And I was diagnosed with fibroid cysts and endometriosis. Um, we had tried all methods available at that time that finances would allow us. You know, we had to take care of ourselves and of the kids that we had. Um, we tried for 12 years and nothing. You know, over the years, I started having all kinds of other issues and was diagnosed with PCOS and finally precancerous endometrial hyperplasia, um, which was something you had to go in every few months and get tested for, and it was horrible. And, um, you know, I just decided to go ahead and have a hysterectomy. So I was 40 years old, and that was definitely the final chance to ever have a, you know, a child. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, I just felt like God had left me. 
during all this time with all the prayers and tears, begging, more prayers, anger and more anger, just built up and just kept building up. You know, I was like, why me, God? Why are you not listening to my prayer? I've been a good person. I know I haven't been perfect. And I've had my fair share of mistakes. But look at all these women who get pregnant and don't even want a baby. Either have abortions or murder them. Why are you punishing me? I deserve a child. I struggled with my faith for a number of years. Back and forth, I would go to church and then not like it for some silly reason. I'd try to get my husband to go with me. And he would go and then he'd just not go after a couple times. I never quit believing in God. But I was just really mad. I was so mad at him. I would quit talking to him for long periods of time. And one day I just finally got tired of being mad at him. I don't really know why. But obviously I know now that it was God thing. I felt so guilty for being mad at him. I was so scared to ask for forgiveness. I mean, how do you do that after treating him so badly? I finally opened my heart to him and asked him for forgiveness. And of course he gave it to me and I could just feel his presence and his love. And God is so good. Several years later, I had heart to heart with my husband about why he wouldn't come to church with me. He finally told me he was mad at God, that I couldn't have a child. He would always tell me how much of a mom I was to everybody. I mom, I was a mom to everybody. Didn't matter if they were older than me, younger than me. I was a mom to our kitty cats, who are my fur babies. <laughs> you know, and I deserved a child, and he was so mad. And it took him that many years to finally say it and confess it. And I think after he finally said it out loud, that was the breakthrough for him. Because he asked, he was saved and baptized. And, you know, it, it was God all the while. I mean, you know, it taught us a lot. Um, it's taught me a lot. Um, do I still struggle with the fact that I don't have a child? Well, of course I do. I always will. But, you know, now I struggle with the Lord's help. And he is with me and he is holding me and he is making sure that I'm okay every day. And I just ask him for strength to get through it. I don't shut him out. Um, he's shown me that I'm a mother. I'm a mother to my daughter, Morgan, and my son, Matthew. I don't know what I would do without them. I'm a mother to my grandmother of 90 years old with Alzheimer's who lives with us. I'm a mother to my great nephew that I babysit. I'm a mother to my nieces and nephews. I'm also a grandmother to my grandchildren. I'm also a mother to my husband. I mean, let's face it, they need it. <laughs> you don't have to give birth to a child to be a mother. God has shown me that and so much more. And if anybody 
ever needs to talk about anything that you're having problems with having a child or you're in that season of your life where the infertility has taken over your life, and it does, and it's hard to see, and it's kind of like Pastor Aaron was saying about the veil. You know, it was finally taken from my eyes, and I saw what I needed to be, and God has shown me that. Thank you. One more time, let's give him a hand. Thank you, ladies. So, yeah, amen, amen. So we're gonna, we're gonna close out in a minute, but I wanted you to know that those are real authentic testimonies of being real with you guys, of their hurts, their, their struggles, their joys, and all of those things that they go through. And every woman out there, we wanna recognize that you're in different stages, whether with kids or without, whatever stage you're in right now, Listen to me say this, and I want you to hear this as the band gets ready to go. We're going to close out with this last song, but I want you to hear this. When God puts so much of his value into something, meaning you, when he puts so much of his value into something, you better believe that the enemy is going to be after it to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? In all my life of ministry, I find something a lot of times with women, even more so than with men at times, and that is there's always a struggle, it seems to be, with an identity, value, and worth. And it's because the enemy sees you as an adversary. Satan does not want you to be mothers in this life. He does not want you to be life givers. He does not want you to give life to grandmothers, life to nephews, life to kids, life to youth. He does not want you to do that. God's given you this attribute of being a life giver. So all of hell wants to come against you, ladies. You want to know why identity is a struggle? Want to know why worth and value are a struggle? Because God has anointed you as being a life giver in this life. Amen? And I'm telling you right now, we're going to pray for that and we're going to break that in the name of Jesus. Because we're going to be a room full and a church full and a city full and a world full of women that know your identity, whether you are a physical mom or not, that you're going to breathe life into people. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to close out with this song. But before we do that, I want to pray over every lady again in this room that you have your identity in Jesus and you don't need an identity in this world because Jesus has already given it to you. So let's pray that today. Father, this morning we declare in this room that there is a room full of life-giving women, Father. Whatever their situation or circumstance, God, we know the enemy wants to come against them. So God, would you infuse hope in them once again? God, would they keep their hope up, never letting the enemy steal that hope? God, knowing that you've anointed them for greater things, Jesus than they could ever imagine. And so God, we give you this day on this Mother's Day, and we thank you for every one of these women. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Sing this through one time with us. Get your hopes up. Let's do it. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.